You do that until somebody says, I'll tell you what, let's do a Christmas show and watch Charlie Brown's Christmas. You know, I mean, it's not even an excuse to go out and get bladdered anymore. I mean, I can do that anytime. Definitely. When you're going about marital sex, I mean, I don't want to go down the lines of what position I should, you should do and <laughs> what you should do tantric sex wise so you can keep it up for six months like fucking Sting, the dickhead. <laughs> because. Once all that's over, it's an anti-climax. It's just, <laughs> even though you've got what you want, you, you, you want to prolong that getting what you want, and the rest will just come, you know, literally. Welcome to episode 39 of the Screams and Moans podcast, the podcast about movies and sex, but not together because that would be porn. This episode, I'm joined again by Nigel. Hello. Hello there. How are you? Oh, I am good. I'm excited. Good. This is our good. third Christmas episode we've done together. Oh, third Christmas together. It's a holiday tradition. It's <laughs> getting that way. <laughs> I actually, we've done the third one. Have we reviewed a film on each on the other two? Yes. And all, yeah, we did the, that, the the Christmas one that you suggested. Yes, the you Christmas story. Christmas story. Good to that. Yeah. Yes. Um, because I made you pose. I remember that one. With the bar of soap. <laughs> with the bar of soap that I made you pose with. That's right. <laughs> what a terrible, terrible one. <laughs> oh, and then um, the second one we did was on National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Ah, oh, one of my favorite films. Yeah, yeah. Another... Another holiday pretty... classic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're all American, aren't they, though? They are. What, 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 we do make, are... we make useless films. <laughs> well, I was going to say, what are what are British Christmas films now that I've moved over here? I don't know, really. I mean, the latest ones, we're getting the animations now, like... Um, Arthur Christmas and things like that. Well, Arthur Christmas was made by Ardman Animations, and they're they're British. But I don't know. We just make shit films. I tell you what, we're good at. We make it. We're really, really good at making thing, films like Train Spotting. <laughs> you know, we, we're good Snatch. at making. We're making <laughs> what? Snatch. Snatch. Yeah, but you know, we, we're good at making gritty. Uh, they're all, all real, true to life, just gritty, violent tosh, basically. We're real good <laughs> at doing that. You know, I think it all started probably when we made Scum with Ray Winston. I don't think That's I've seen that one. 
that's a film you need to watch. It's Ray Winston when he was a, a kid, and it's about a barstool, which is like a, a, a prison for young offenders. Scum, it's called. Scum. It's fucking excellent. It's <laughs> just excellent. You need to watch that, and you need to watch Kez. I'm going to write this down. Scum. They're very old films. I mean, they're quite old. They're not that old, but I mean... Um, Probably seventies, eighties, something like that. Um, Kez is good and Scum's good. Yeah, because I, I mean, even when I try to think of like British Christmas movies, yeah, I can't. There are no, there are no. I do you know? I cannot think of any. Um, you guys just not... get like the Queen's speech and shit like that. Yeah, you know. None of us watched that because she's a no. <laughs> Well, it's funny because last year was my first year coming over for Christmas, and a different friend of mine had said, "Oh, just wait till you all have to sit around and watch the Queen's speech." And then no, when I got okay. here, it's like, "Oh, we don't fucking do that." <laughs> Nobody does that. I remember years and years ago when I was married to my first wife, and. Her sister and brother-in-law have both been in the Navy, in the Royal Navy, and, and we're all sitting down to Christmas dinner at their house, and the television was on in the background, and the Queen's speech came on, and her brother-in-law got up and stood like to attention while it was on. Well, <laughs> she's kicking me under the table. I'm pissing my sides. Because right, I, cause I didn't like him anyway. And I was like, it was one of those shoulders going up and down moments, and she's oofing me under the table. That's fucking wanker. <laughs> hey, bless. What a set of bloody croats anyway. I want to bloody sit and watch them on Christmas Day. Better things to do. Three oh. o'clock in the afternoon. It's about three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm usually comatose. I'm usually completely full of gin by then. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you know, do you have a favourite Christmas drink then? Yeah, alcohol. Um, <laughs> favourite Christmas No, basically, I don't drink a lot of beer. No. Sounds terrible, this thing. It's mentioning it like a bloody alcoholic. Um, and I've even gone off wine a little bit. I just, I, I like spirits. I mean, I like vodka and I like gin uh, and I like Jack Daniels. And I'm basically, I like anything alcoholic. But probably gin and tonic because that's what I always have at my mum's. My mum's brilliant. She's 87 years old, completely stone deaf. And uh, I walk in and talk to her because she's lip reading me and I start talking to her and she just waves her arms in the air and says no 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 no, no, no. go pause a bloody gin <laughs> first thing eight seven get a gin hey and she's saying you know, she just came to me one day and I thought she was telling me something really 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 serious and she just came up to me and she said you must never ever ever buy cheap tonic <laughs> Mum's advice. Yeah. She's amazing, my mother. I'll tell you. I say to her, when the bloody Grim Reaper comes, he's going to say, Phyllis, it's time. And you're going to say, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> she says, yeah, she's brilliant. Mad as a 87, she's going in for a cochlear implant in the middle of January. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
We don't. I, it won't work. I know it won't work. I'm sick of. I'm, it's my brother. He's he, he, he kind of. Well, no, he's not. He, he's doing his best, but you know, it keeps putting building her hopes up. Then to be, you know, when they get shattered, you know. So I'm hoping this is the last one we try, and then we can just leave her alone. Then. Yeah. Right, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh God, she's mental. Oh well, my mom is coming over for Christmas this year yeah yeah this is gonna be a bit weird for you really because i mean i'm not bumped to like sound down or anything but you suddenly come to a point in your life where you're not going to see a great deal of your mum in person yeah unless you drag her over here to live permanently or something like that yeah which she's she's already said she has no desire to do that so (laughs) well that's fair enough yeah but having said that, I mean, I, I, I left home when I was sixteen to go and work in the forestry commission, and I lived there. I uh, loved my parents like mad, but from then onwards, I didn't see a lot of them. And in my twenties, God, I used to. See, they only lived about ten miles away, but I only saw them about two or three times a year because I was doing my own thing, kind of thing. So you know, parents are overrated. <laughs> After you just went on and on about your mom. Hello. <laughs> well, since this is a Christmas episode, um... go on. <laughs> no, go ahead, finish your song. <laughs> go on. <laughs> stop right. coughing. Oh, I gotta stop coughing. I've I've done well. I haven't coughed up to this point. I've been sipping on uh, my hot chocolate, but. Hmm. That reminds me, I should get some, like, rumple mints. Get the, like, alcoholic peppermint hot chocolate going on. What's a rumple mint? Rumple mints is, it's a brand. But I think it's just peppermint schnapps. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, 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 like, so that you get the peppermint chocolate flavor in your hot chocolate. Right, okay. And it's tasty. Right. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah the brand back home i guess i knew it through a friend was just um rumple mints so that would be like a brand name like a jägermeister or something else yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, as well. what was that nothing jägermeister and drinks like that it's just crap in it i actually don't like jägermeister no me neither do i yeah i'll tell you what i like i'll tell you what i do like and i mean um I like Jack, I like Jack Daniels on it. I like that is quite good. I like Jim Beam on it. I think that's what I'll take when I go go away next go away camping. I'm going to take a bottle of that and see see how smash you can actually get on top of a mountain and see and then just walk in a straight line and see how long it is before <laughs> walk off the edge of something. <laughs> I was going to say, how long even would you be walking in a straight line? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Don't go rolling back down the mountain. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was going to say, since it is the Christmas episode, um, mm-hmm. Again? I asked you to watch another American yeah. Christmas classic. Yeah. Um, and this one was a Charlie Brown Christmas, which actually, yeah. the Peanuts artwork is done by Charles Schultz, who That's is right. actually from St. Paul, Minnesota. So, is he? He is. So maybe it was just a little bit of homesickness tied in yeah. with um, 
the the soundtrack is that Gouli what's his name? Gouliardo or somebody like that. Yes. Um oh. really? I, I don't want to murder his name, but no, like I did. It's it's Vince Vince something. Yeah, but it's a G Google. Yeah, but it's it's just so distinctive and yeah yeah good. Well, I was actually reading just a little bit about the the show itself, and actually the the jazz soundtrack sold over four million copies here in the U.S. So it was quite popular well, you, at the time. If you go, the, the, the movie itself is actually on YouTube. And that's got, let's say it's got, for argument's sake, 50,000 views. The soundtrack is also on YouTube, and that's got like half a million views. So the soundtrack <laughs> is massive, you know. I mean, it's just so popular. Yeah. People wanting to hear the music. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I don't know. Well, obviously soundtracks are important to any movie, but I feel like this one, you know, because, I don't know, it just sets the Christmas mood. Because the story itself, I felt, now that, you know, I watch it every year, but it's like when I watch something for the show, I tend to pay a little bit closer attention to it than I yeah. would if I was just sitting back watching it. I've, I've seen it, um umpteen times not for for a few years actually but i know exactly what you mean and it's pretty much a plot line that you could write on the back of a postage stamp it's yes <laughs> you know it is what it is and that's exactly what it is it's uncomplicated it's an uncomplicated message and it's a very old message you know about uh, the commercialism of uh, of, of christmas yeah, I think for me, though, I was a little bit surprised that it was that outspoken about it at the time, which, I mean, I wasn't alive then, so maybe that was a big Well, a big I was alive. 1965, I was 11. Um, and I, so I was getting aware of culture, uh, music, stuff like that. And um, it was... When Lucy... This is how, how cool it was... One of the things that I thought was funny, there's little things in it like the commercialism, and even Lucy takes asking for money to talk to to him. Yes, um, for and, psychiatric help. And she said, and the, uh, the psychiatrist is it says out. She has a sign. It says out. And then when she turns it around, it says the psychiatrist is real in. And I just thought, oh, I love that. That is like so sixties. <laughs> but it was actually. So kind of over the top. The whole thing was 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 made in the sixties. So you think, right? So this is of its age. So it was. It would have been just what was normal in the sixties. But no, I even think it was like tongue in cheek. Then it was everybody would have got the kind of the joke even then that you know it was it was a hit beatnik hip time and I remember it very well but even then it was it was oh fucking just tell you what I love about it I mean I'm probably skipping backwards and forwards a little bit now it's the dance when they're dancing <laughs> the white Shrode's guy dancing <laughs> Shrode's playing the, 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 like the piano and they're in the school all dancing because I'm looking at him thinking 
and there's one girl, there's the twins, you know, there's just like the twins. Yeah. Uh, and they're dancing while bobbing their head. And I thought, I remember girls dancing like that in the 60s. And it was just, when you look back at it now, it's corny. Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, like I said, I mean, looking at the guys dancing, it was like the stereotypical, yeah, just flipping yeah. the head back, back and forth, yeah. back and moving forth. the butt a couple of inches. Yeah, yeah. But it what it, it is. I mean, it, it and the music and everything. It. I can imagine when. I mean, I can't remember. I must have watched it when I was young. When I was quite young, but I think even then. It would have been a bit hip, you know. It, it it wasn't. I don't think it was written like you just write something now and say, right, this is what what life's like now. So we'll write it now and just have the music playing. We'll show play. what just what the reality of life is. Yeah, and, and, and talking and speech and like it is now. Even then, it was based then. But even then, it was it had like it, it had like an older quality about it. You know, I think anybody watching it, even when it first came out, would feel nostalgic. It was nostalgic when it was new kind of thing. And that's just how it was. It was so fucking clever. Yeah, well, I've always felt like when I watch any of the Charlie Brown, so like It's a Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown, or, you know, there's one for every holiday now. (laughs) Yeah. But even then, it, it always felt to me like it was from the 40s. Like the 40s or yeah. the 50s or something, and when you look at the yeah. dates, it's like, well, no, this was 1965. Yeah. You know, 20 yeah. years after that. Yeah, it's 10 years after Christmas Story was based that we watched, that we reviewed, because yes. that was based in the mid 50s. Oh yeah, with the Red Rider BB guns and the. Yeah, 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 and there's not. when you look back over that space of time, that expanse of time. There's not a lot of difference between that and the Charlie Brown movie. They're like, it doesn't seem like there's 10 years between them. They seem like they could have been at the same time kind of thing. And I think that is just, I don't know, did did things, did cultures change slower in those days? I don't know. It was just, you know, I would have thought if you said those two were made at the same time about the same era i'd say yeah yeah obviously yeah but they're not they're like a decade apart yeah well and i i feel like as well probably part of it is i feel like i don't know if it's the same over here but in the u.s there's something nostalgic about that era and so i think it would make sense that they would write it or place it in that kind of era because you know christmas is kind of i mean it's nostalgic anyway right it's especially (laughs) Okay, maybe not as a child, but you do carry on these traditions every year, and then it becomes nostalgic, and by the time you're an adult, it is a nostalgic time, because you remember Christmas's past, and things that you do with family, and things that you watch, and certain songs, and things like that, and maybe, you know, this was in a similar way to kind of pull in the audience, they were putting out something that was in a time when anyone, everyone kind of would have looked back and said, like, oh, yeah, yeah. like, remember those that days. Means, when you're a kid and Christmas is all about the present and it's all about no, the present and the presence and it's all about now and it's all about the future, it's all about waiting for Christmas Day, whereas as you get older, I think we're all, we get to Christmas and we're all 
every Christmas that goes by, I kind of get a little less Christmassy. Um, but then you find yourself desperately wanting to feel Christmassy. And I think that's what it's, it's all about, nostalgia. It's all about trying to keep hold of that feeling that you had when you were a kid. And sometimes I get little frissances, little things that come over me that it's almost when you, it's like, like deja vu or like a familiar smell that uh, that just suddenly takes you back just for a, a split second and takes you back and it gives you that that feeling like a quick bolt of of that feeling that you had at christmas then um and i think that's why things like the charlie brown movie that they'll always be they'll always be popular because we're all watching it just to have that feeling again you know of, of, yeah. of uh, again yeah yeah and even even though it came out like before you were born. Um, it came out when I was very young. Um, it's it has something for everybody. It's not really about. It's not about the characters, is it? It's just about. It's a. It's it's the real Christmas thing. It's just about the message, isn't it? It, it is. And I then, was going to say, it's... you all get it. Everybody gets it. You oh, get it's, it. It's it's lit up on a big old billboard. I mean, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> yeah. You get it, you watch it, and you go and you watch it, and it doesn't last very long, and then you walk away from it, and it's nice. You've had a buzz. You've got Christmas back again for a minute. It gives you, know, you that little bit of feeling at the end again course, that, that it's it not just about all the commercial shit and and everything else. Um, and then you plop back and onto all the... Uh, yeah, onto all the commercial shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh... The irony. But I think the film itself, it's just... I mean, the soundtrack going through it really holds it together. It's so clever. Um, without that, or with something else, it wouldn't... It just wouldn't work. I think it would be... I don't want to say too obvious, because it's very obvious, but, I mean, it wouldn't... Like you're saying, like, it wouldn't pull you in. There wouldn't be... No, and I also think that if you just said to, to me... What was animation like back in the 65? I'd just think, well, it was basically in its infancy, and or even though it wasn't, because we know that things were, animations were made in black and white going back decades and decades, but you just think it wouldn't be very good. Because I'm used, because we're all used to watching very, very sophisticated animations now, and then you're watching, you think, shit, it's not half bad that, you know, that is pretty damn good animation, that's watchable, that's quite clever, you know, it's 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 not simple and stuttery, and it, it it's it's good, obviously it's been remastered over the years, but it's still damn good, you know, could have been made yesterday. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. Well, no, but I mean, if somebody deliberately wanted to make something uh, that was made back then, but was using the technology we've got now, you know, it's, it's like that. Yes. It must have been mastered because it's easy to watch. Sometimes when you watch things that were made decades ago, after we've watched so much stuff that's been made recently, it's like difficult to watch sometimes. Oh, because especially... it's about comfort zone, and it's a bit like, oh shit, you know, it's, I'm losing interest in this, you know. And well, you know. it's just like uh, it's making me think of another holiday classic that I still watch every year. Um, but it's the old Rudolph's Red Nosed Reindeer that's mm-hmm. narrated by Burl Ives, and it's like stop animation. And to me, watching that, it becomes a bit more like you said, a bit more. 
I don't want to call it difficult, but it just doesn't hold up as well. Like it just no. looks not not as nice. So I think I get what you mean by that, though, with the different types of animation and yeah. and like you said, obviously it's been remastered, but still the ba- the basics of it and the movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the, I, I, like I say, I think the soundtrack just right from the get go, right from the beginning, it's it just singing and th- it just like drags you in and it's just yeah it's it's good and it's like all the charlie brown stuff and there's a lot of animations like that that are like the kids but the kids with old minds and things like that you know it's like they're all very wise in a way really aren't they and well, especially Charlie Brown. I think that's the whole thing about it. I mean, when you were talking earlier about, oh, every year I'm into it less and less and it's harder to get into that feeling, it's like, well, that was kind of portrayed by Charlie Brown in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, you know, he's so very cynical, very, you know, and, and I don't know, because um, back in the end, right in the end, you know, he gets dragged into it as well, because actually the tree that they decorate... yes is the tree that's got Snoopy money kind of thing. It's all... That's commercial, you know, and he's... he's oh, yeah, he, it's, it it know. ties it all... Kind of wraps it all together, like it's entwined together at that point. Yeah. You see, you sometimes... I mean, when you watch it, you wonder what was the message they were trying to get out. Was it... Was it... Was it, it tongue-in-cheek? Was it serious? Is there some subliminal message there or something like that? Because you watch it and you think, yeah, I, I get that. But then, like most things, when she started disseminating and looking into she's thinking, is there like a bit of an hidden message here or something? <laughs> you know, is there something, is there something I'm not quite getting? Either you know, that but... or we're thinking way too fucking hard about it, and really you're just supposed to sit back and, and enjoy well, the yeah, half an hour and be done. You do that until somebody says, I'll tell you what, let's do a Christmas show and watch Charlie Brown's Christmas, because <laughs> you then... You're watching, you're analysing it like mad. Absolutely. Because you're thinking, I need to be able to talk about this, not just say, oh yeah, that was good. You remember when Fred said this and whatever. (laughs) You do. No. You do. Probably won't be able to watch it again without kind of looking for some kind of subliminal message. Yeah, well, I mean, even, like I said, with Charlie Brown being depressed, it's like, I don't think I've ever noticed that before I was watching it for the show. Like, I honestly just kind of remember how he picked out a tree that he was happy about, and they had the, you know, the Christmas play, and they sang, and they danced. And, like, that's, you know, from, you know, childhood and years and years remembering it. And I started watching it for the show, and I thought, fuck me, he is so depressed and cynical. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I never, you know, in in all the time... (laughs) that I've seen it, probably, well, what, I'm 36, so probably I've seen it at least probably 33, 34 times. That was the first time I noticed that he was so cynical. Um, but that, that, but that's, the, that's his character anyway, isn't it? I mean, he is, that's how he is, but he's just a little bit more cynical and lugubrious and, you know, um, yeah. but that's... That, Kind of his character. That's that's kind of the character. He, the, the, he's kind is, of downtrodden and just nothing. Yeah. Nothing ever goes his way. <laughs> but he's like in this, he's like almost exhausted with it, isn't he? He's so he is so down that it's like, you know, he's he's like beaten up about it. You know, yes. He, like 
and you know and feeling yeah. the pressure to to try to be cheery about it and yeah and then wanting to get so involved but then alienating himself as a director by being so demanding and it's like i can't get it right i just can't <laughs> get it right you know <laughs> when i say look over there you look when you, i say hold my hands out like this and everybody's going oh the fuck's he on about now <laughs> i know <laughs> you can't get it right pal can you I'm sorry, oh. listeners. We're we're analyzing this one. <laughs> it's just a yarn. It's just a simple Christmas yarn. Like you know, Christmas is too commercial. Stop buying all this shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we know you're not going to. Well, oh, I'm not going to. So carry on. Yeah. But make sure you feel a bit guilty about it. <laughs> and that's the religious, uh, the religious side of the story. <laughs> Well, we better not get on to that, because I'm not religious. My father was a lay reader, treasurer of the church, all sorts of things like that, and I'm just the biggest atheist going, you know, I mean, Christmas is a pagan festival, but we're not going to get into that. No, no, because that's a whole other analysis, but um, yeah, definitely one of the other underlying themes. But I must admit that for nostalgia's sake... um, I never really believe, but you always believe in Christmas. Um, and it's like the nativity and things like that. That is as much the meaning of Christmas as anything else. It's, you know, and they say, oh, it's the birth of Christ. And I remember when I was at school doing, uh, when they were telling us about them going to Bethlehem and blah, blah, blah. And I was enthralled by it all. But I don't think I was... I don't, I wasn't being taught religion. I think I was just being told a good story. A story. <laughs> yeah, had a nice ending, you know, and that was basically it. And that's what it's all about for me. You know, I mean, it's not even an excuse to go out and get bladdered anymore. I mean, I can do that anytime, but it's like... And now it's all it's tied so in with commercialism as well. <laughs> and I mean, I get so annoyed. I mean, I know people um, who... And they oh, I've got to buy my kids this, and we've got to have that, and it's going to... And I'm thinking, oh, you've not a clue. But I can look back and think, we weren't like that. When we're bringing our kids up, yeah, my mum said you're buying them too much, and but we didn't. And, 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 and actually, they've both turned out really well balanced where things like that are concerned. Um, so that's okay. But, you know, you, I mean, I remember years ago, I was went to a... Um, a, 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 a supermarket called Morrison's, and I was—it was fucking fifteen years ago or something like that—and I was standing in um, waiting to get some money out of a cash machine, and there was two girls in front of me, right a pair of slappers, about twelve years old, both with prams, you know, little greasier chaps, and I heard them <laughs> talking to the owner, and she said. Oh, well, he wants his bike and it's 400 quid. It's a lot of money. But you have to get it to him, don't you? And I thought, no, you no, fucking, you fucking don't. Have to get it to him. You dozy fucking cow. You don't have to get it to him. That's the whole point. It's not about... Give him time. Don't just give him a gift and say, I love you because I've spent 400 quid on you. Take him fucking sledging and charging about and doing things and Some get him a present. experiences, yeah. Yeah. But it's not about Christmas. For me, when I was a kid, wasn't about what I got. It was about ripping open the presents, basically. <laughs> you know, it was just it was the it was the anticipation. I think. Yeah, you know, it's, the, it's the finding it, out the surprise because you don't know. Yeah, because 
once all that's over, it's an anti-climax. It's just, <laughs> even though you've got what you want, you want to prolong that getting what you want, that moment when you're getting what you want and things like that. So it's it's just it's just opening things. It's just stuff like that, you know. So it, it is It's way over-commercialised. And people do spend miles too much money and just fucking, yeah, take your kids out for a good walk up the bloody hills on Christmas Day and run round and kick a football with them and... You know, get back at night, and then they can play on the whatever you've got on. You know, it's <laughs> it's number, an awful because it's, it's a, I just don't think people get a great deal out of it. Really, I think they just wind themselves up so much, and and it's still the same. Where people are going out and spending a bloody fortune and making themselves ill. It's supposed to be about enjoying time with the people that you love. It's not about all that other shit. I know, and it's, it's, yeah. to tell you the truth, I mean. It's, it's 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 the women who get all the shit. The blokes just sail through, basically. <laughs> I, I'm going to agree true. a little bit with that. Oh, it's it's true, you know. I mean, it's it it is. God, the pressure that women are under on Christmas just for a bloody day. And where in the Bible or the Christmas story does it say you cater for fifteen people and make sure you've got the right kind of party at, or else they're all going to think you're a wanker. You know. It's just... <laughs> you don't buy the premium Christmas crackers. That's right. It's preposterous <laughs> nonsense, isn't it? They're all going to have terrible jokes, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, it's just a case of... And I've found that now. I mean, I spend Christmas Day on my own quite often. Um, I've got friends on the marina. We'll probably have a drink together. We might even do Christmas dinner together and stuff like that. But it's relaxed, and that's how it should be. Don't expect too much. Don't make too much of Christmas Day. Just be there with all your mate, all the, your family, all the ones you love, and just, you know, oh, no, we can't. We've got to have. We've got to have. You've got, got to have. There's kids all over the fucking world. I haven't got a sausage roll all year. What are you on? Pigs in blankets? Jesus <laughs> Rice. Folks starving. They're stuffing our faces full and then throwing half of it in the bin. A huge fucking turkey <laughs> burning I mean, into a crisp. I'm not going on a moral bloody thing now, but it is ridiculous, isn't it? It's all right. It, I feel a little a little bit that way as well. It's true, isn't it? I mean, the whole, the whole holidays, it's about a feeling. It's not about anything material at all. It's about a feeling. It's about that feeling of Christmas. There's something weird. I used to go up to my brothers on Christmas Day. Me and my mum used to go up, and I always used to drive up on Christmas morning, and it was no different. It was the cars, there were the same amount of cars on everything, but there was a feeling. It was wonderful driving on Christmas morning, and it's and that's what it's about. It's just about a feeling, and just have that feeling for a day or two. Yeah, it's yeah. brilliant. Fuck yeah. all the nonsense. It's the same. It's the same as the movie that we had to watch. So it's exactly it. I mean. Basically, if you know, if if you want to say this is what Christmas Day is, what just watch that. There you are. That's what it's all about.
Well, and um, as part of this holiday season, my my mom is coming over, obviously, for Christmas. But as well, on the 30th of this month, I'm getting married. Woohoo! So I thought it would be fun to uh, put the question out there to ask people for their marital sex advice. Um, you know, I don't necessarily feel like uh, maybe I need it at this moment, but, you know, years down the road, uh, there might be some advice that would come in handy. I guess, Nigel, it's up to you. Do you want to talk between the two of us first, or would you like to hear what uh, the people on Facebook and Twitter had to say? Um, no, basically, I don't. I think I'd like to, yeah, we'll have a bit of a chit-chat, and then, because then I can sit back and just enjoy listening to, you know, what the people on Facebook have said. All oh, right. You're hitting me cold with this one, so it's not, you know, I mean, so... You know, I'm well. Just be saying, probably a lot of it. If I say anything at all, probably comes straight from the heart, really, because you know I've had a couple of marriages now and realise now how much. And I'm not going to say sex. I'm going to say how much how important contact is, and being complacent, and letting it go, how damaging that can be. Mm, like just the little things, you mean? Well, well, yeah. I mean, all right. Sex is great. Um, experimental sex is great. It's fantastic. It keeps a couple. Yeah, don't don't let that go. That is great. But don't let the physical contact side be about all about sex. It's not all about sex. It's about love. It's not even all about love. It's just about contact. It's just little things. I was with somebody years ago, and I remember that. The most attractive thing about her was I used to just stand behind her and lift her hair up and she had the most fucking beautiful neck, you know, <laughs> and, and, and just smelling skin on her neck was just fabulous and it just just letting her know that and it just it's just contact, it's appreciating somebody. Um, yeah, I mean, get it on by all means. Um, but having said that, you know, we're all we are all individuals so sex has got to be a compromise if you feel you want to do something in a certain way if you're married the chances are your partner will go along with that and your partner will try to look as enthusiastic as possible to please you Mm. and that's a dangerous road to go down really you know you need it's it's a totally two-way street um and that is 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 uncomfortable, really. So you've got to know that that it's what you both want because that's what it's all about. Because if it's not what you both want, you might as well take yourself off and have a wank. Right. Well, I was gonna say it sounds like you know keeping the communication open. I think because like yeah. if if it's something you really want but your partner doesn't, I mean that's where resentment is gonna start coming in or frustration yes. or something else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's probably better never, to deal ever, with it head ever, on. Ever, ever use it as a weapon during an argument. That's almost like using your kids in a divorce. It's it's bad. But like I say, sex is great. Experimental sex is wonderful. Go for it. Have a great time. But it's like little things like routines. Like I remember Friday night with my second wife. Every Friday night I'd come home. And it was, I mean, all right. The, 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 getting in a bit of a rut really and, and things like that but it was always 
hot bubbly bath, loads and loads of candles in the bathroom, a couple of bottles of Prosecco, and just lie in the bath with some music playing. You know, and this was like Friday night, and then we, it was, and it's, that's not sex, but it's marital communication. It's, it is that. It, it's just that. It's that touching. It's, we all need physical contact. And it's just that, just feeling somebody put their arm around your waist, just feeling somebody put their hand on your shoulder when, when, when they're talking to you close. It's just, don't let contact go. You've got to have contact. You need got to have physical contact, you know, and the rest will just come, you know, literally. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. But, but well, yeah, and... I think marital sex is, and don't be frightened of just, don't be frightened of, of it's like, don't be afraid of using toys. Don't be afraid of being, you know, we all get one chance at this. So, and it should be a laugh. Don't take <laughs> sex in marriage too seriously. Act like teenagers. You can laugh about it. You can giggle. It doesn't always go right. But you should be able to both be able to laugh that off and giggle that off because there's always going to be a next time. So it's like, don't take it serious. Have fun. Have fun. Fun. Laugh about it. Life. Laugh about life. Anything in life you should laugh at. Anyway, because you only get one fucking chance. You know, you can't go up there after and say, mm, that would be a bit shit. Can I have another go? Because he's going to say, no, that's your fucking lot, pal. Get in there. You know, so it's just, yeah, just have fun. Make sure you know your partner because if you don't, you could spend a whole married life thinking your partner thought something that they're not thinking. And that's horrible. <laughs> And don't get complacent. I got complacent in one of my marriages um, and it got routine and it got boring and I was out working my bollocks off and then coming home and looking after the kids and blah, 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 and, and, uh, and it got boring. The day-to-day -day routine, yeah. I found somebody else and then basically told me that I'd got boring. I'd got predictable. It was boring. And I knew it. And I thought I was being a good father and a good husband by going out, working, giving all my money up, looking after the kids, doing the best I possibly could, but neglecting something that was quite important. And I, But I thought I was being great. It was only after it had all split up that I thought, shit, I wish I'd got that time again because I would have done things a bit different. I would have swept her off of here, I'd have taken her upstairs, I'd have given her a good scene to him. You know, we'd have, we'd have laughed and joked and everything and it didn't. It just got routine. So don't let it get routine because that is the death knell for a marriage. Well, I think uh, you definitely have a lot of experience. And... Are you saying I'm old? No, no. <laughs> I am. I'm old. <laughs> you are, no, you are older than me, but... I yeah, I mean, I have two marriages, lots and lots of relationships, obviously. So, yeah, I've had a fair bit of experience. And I've had a lot of experience of doing things wrong. And I think that's where I am in my life now that, um, you know, I'm on my own. I look back and I think, well, OK, but, you know, don't get too sad about that because I've had a great, yeah, it's been great. I've had lots of relationships. Uh, mo and the thing is, most of them have been fun, had great sex and usually ended amicably i don't think i've ever actually really fallen even my ex-wives both of them were best friends i mean my second wife i mean she, i need to contact her because she wants to do something at christmas you know we just you know we were so the relationships have ended amicably so i've no 
enemies and I've just got happy memories of most of the relationships I've had in my life. Um, so, yeah, bit of experience. But that definitely, when you're going about marital sex, I mean, I don't want to go down the lines of what position I should you should do and <laughs> what you should do tantric sex-wise so you can keep it up for six months like fucking Sting, the dickhead. But... <laughs> but just all I can say is keep it fun. You've got to. And I'm not talking about just kids. You know, I'm, I'm 62, but I've got the head of a 21-year-old. You know, and I still want good fun sex. You know, I mean, I bet most people are going, ooh, horrible, eh? an older person like that wanting sex. How weird is that? <laughs> See, I always assumed it's, you know, it's just the same. Like, if you have, you know... <laughs> I, you know, it's like at any age you would want that, but yeah, I mean the most the, the highest instance now of uh, sexually transmitted diseases is among like sixty-year-olds, isn't it? <laughs> They're all going after like you dirty like, old cunts. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, brilliant. Keep it up, boys. But uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't. So you always, you always, you know, your body gets older, your brain stays at twenty-one all your life. Um, but that's all I can say. Whatever you do, please. If you want to keep all the relationship, keep it fun. All right. <laughs> well, thank you. And, uh, well, I'm sure we'll we'll chat more anyway. But, um, yeah, at this point then. Do you, know what, do you not want me to promote my podcast? Uh, you will do that at the end. Do you want to? I've not got one. I've not got a fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> no. Not anymore. All right. So... On Facebook, we got um, a couple people on the actual Screams and Moans Facebook page, and then a couple people commenting um, as well on my actual personal account. But um, we have Andrew, who his advice was that patience is key. Um, I wish he'd said a little bit more, because I don't really um, know what that means, except maybe just with your partner and learning each other would be my guess. Were you going to say something? (laughs) No, okay. Oh, and Nora said to keep building trust, explore, keep in tune with each other's desires, and don't be afraid to let go. And then she put, that means porn, lube, toys, and permission to push existing boundaries or look for something new. I'll go for that. I'll go with that. that yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're good with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like this. Yeah, trying something new. And that lube and. Yeah. Go for it, whatever. Lube is important. I remember, very important. I remember my um, second wife. I remember one day, just for a laugh, I went on a site and I ordered, and she works in this small office, and I ordered about four or five butt plugs, (laughs) a couple of dildos, strap-ons, and a load of lube and that, and had it delivered to the office. And she opened, (laughs) and I remember getting this phone call saying, fucking gonna kill you <laughs> but as it happened most of them got used by us anyway so yeah, fine, go for it you know it paid off in the end yeah when you yeah. when you when your wife's trying to shag up your ass with a strap on you need that lube it is it's important it's very important especially when playing back there but yeah. um <laughs> Um, kind of along the same lines, um, Nas, I always don't know, is it Nas or Nas, um, said, never get bored no matter what. Yeah, kind of what you were saying, keep it keep it fresh. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I really, really think it, it, because when you say when he says, I know what he means. When you say, don't let it get boring. It's a case of don't get complacent. Don't take the other person for granted. Yeah, you know, yeah. you've got to work. It's relationships, marriage, relationships, anything. It's work, it's hard work. It's work. You've got to put in. You only get out what you put in. Ooh. That's a bit oh. of a like, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. If you don't get out what you put in, you're in trouble. <laughs> I mean, there's razor blades up there. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got a bunch more to get through, so I'm going to keep going. Um, we have Ed that said, don't stop having it three to four times per week. <laughs> He's making some assumptions about sex. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, though I did just move here, so... <laughs> Um, oh, this is funny because you brought up Sting earlier as well, but Fenton said Sting is apparently a great advocate of tantric sex. Yeah. <laughs> it's also a complete tosser. <laughs> My ex-partner had a relationship with a bloke just before I met her who said that he, she said he practiced tantric sex and he could keep going for, for hours. She said it was the most fucking boring sex she'd ever had in her life. There's more... <laughs> to it than just keeping it up for a long time it, you know let's come on sting yeah well <laughs> and, and fenton also added that his wife must be a black belt or something because she's managed to delay her orgasm for nearly 30 years is that fenton 0800 yes yeah he's a he's a complete tosser anyway fenton you're a wanker that's coming from me see you on facebook i'll fight you outside after <laughs> Then, no, he's, not. he's a lovely bloke, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Really, I, really nice ass. <laughs> I was gonna say I've met him in person, but um, not his That's ass. Where the loop comes so. in. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe said butt stuff. Joe said what? Butt butt stuff. Well, yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. Fair enough, right? Yeah. Oh, and then and then we have the two Hebdenites. Well, here we go. Oh, Two yeah. of them. This is Ian and who? And, and Gaz, Garrett. Oh, it would be, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> What's Ian got to call? Um, Ian said, don't let them catch you. I'm assuming he meant extramarital sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He always comes up with something constructive, doesn't he? Well, and I was going to say, I don't know who them is, but with Ian, it could probably be anyone. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Anybody in Middlemroyd? He's back in Middlemroyd now, you know. He's just moved there again. I she know. got it out last year. Good lad, Ian. Woohoo! Yeah, he is home again. Um, and then we have Gareth that says, "I say don't do it. It's the death of sucky blowies." I well, actually, you know, I mean, yeah, Uh, Gareth, you got a point there, actually. (laughs) Oh, see, see, I was gonna say, you know, perhaps though, it's the start of sucky swallowies. Well, yeah, but (laughs) sorry, (laughs) go on. No, 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 I'm just, just. My mind's just gone somewhere else for a minute. <laughs> Let me know when you're back. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. I don't last very long. There was three or four seconds and I'm back. <laughs> 
All right. And then we had two um, different people make comments on Twitter. Um, one of them, at Real Dude Reviews, just said, don't do it. Um, yeah, I'm still going to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then at Let's Chat Podcast said, the night of the wedding, don't even bother because you're way too tired. And then to have a lot of sex before the wedding. So you're not going <gasps> to anything. <laughs> that. Yeah, that's right. Odd with me, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. When I got married, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She went to bed. I sat on the, on the on the sofa in this hotel room, drank a bottle of champagne, got in bed and fell asleep. We've been living together for like six years, so it's not like it was, you know, and it was like, I got I got digs in the ribs to have sex. You will have sex with me. It's our wedding night. <laughs> Let me know when you've finished. <laughs> Here's a vibrator, love. Go ahead. Yes, there you go. I'm your own. Oh, well, it has been good to uh, a get back into kind of podcasting a little bit, or uh, sound casting, as uh, Mark Kershaw. Is that what they call it? Yes. Um, I must be gay. It was podcasting, right? Soundcasting. Sound. Soundcasting. It's the new. It's the newest term. Oh, I'm not doing another podcast. I'm not doing a fucking soundcast, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's to get away because it, it it used to be a podcast. Well, no, it it's all a... about iPod. It's all about yeah. Apple. Knocking Apple again. Yeah. They're yeah. a bunch of um, but, but <laughs> So, yeah, you have definitely done your share of podcasting in the past, but... Um, if people would just want to find out who you are, say hello, um, anything like that, is there any way for them to do that on social media? Well, basically, I mean, I don't go on Twitter anymore. I used to go on Twitter a lot, but I'm on Facebook. I'm Nigel Boydell on Facebook. Um, I will try and get um, the Uncle Arthur podcast collection up and running. Um, and basically, that's it. I, Facebook me. I fucking love love it. The more the more area. <laughs> You know. And people can see your lovely photos of the Lake District. Yeah, I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice, friendly guy. I'm, you know. And I'm, have them. You know. <laughs> I was gonna say, and have you belittle them or whatever. Oh yeah, fucking good at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially when they live a long way away and they can't come round and punch me lights out. Is that why you've become nicer? Yeah. <laughs> I've become nicer. I've always been nice. No, we, we've I'm, always. I'm nice. <laughs> I'm just giving you shit. We've always had a good friendship, so. Of course we have. <laughs> Fucking years. Fucking years. Fucking so many years. Oh, God, it's three, been a long Three years time. now, at least. It fucking feels like fucking 23. <laughs> I don't know whether that's a compliment or... <laughs> no, it wasn't. Basically, no, it wasn't. It was an insult. I'll tell you that for nothing. <laughs> oh... All right. Well, it has been fun. I want to thank everybody for listening, and uh, I am hoping to bring out some more episodes in the new year. So uh, let me know if you have some indie sci-fi or horror films you'd love to have covered on the show, uh, ideas for a sexual topic, or if you have suggestions for future guests. You can get in touch on Facebook. Uh, it's just the address slash screams and moans or on Twitter at screams and moans. And um, again, Nigel, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, pleasure. You are assuming that people are going to listen to this, aren't you? Uh, well, it's a pretty big assumption, but... This is pretty big, yeah. 
Joel at least, you know, maybe my mom and my fiance <laughs> will have a listen. To it. I've met her. I don't want to hear hear me swearing. <laughs> You've met her before. <laughs> Donna. Donna. The lovely Donna. <laughs> yes, I've drug her around England, and I'm going to do it again. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess at this point, that's uh, that's the end of the show. But uh, I wish everyone a Merry Christmas. And Nigel, do you have anything to say for my listeners? No. Fuck no. <laughs> no, I really, no. Honestly, I hope everybody who knows me, everybody who doesn't know me, and you have mentioned quite a few people on tonight that I do know personally, uh, everybody have an absolutely fabulous Christmas. Um it's fucking great. It's great just being here, isn't it? Just being here alive and experiencing it. So have a great Christmas. Don't waste it. And uh, and that's it. Have a good one. And a good new year. <laughs> <laughs>